This is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry, Ethics, Philosophy. Hi, welcome to Incisive Decisive Radio. My name's Colin Campbell to take you through the drive home. And let's start with Take It Easy by the Eagles. But after that, <laughs> we're going to talk about the future. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> is that intro okay? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, thank you. I, here I have my crystal ball that I'm bringing out. So, so some of the, it's funny how the podcast weaves and ebbs and yeah, flows yeah, to yeah. different places. And thinking about things we'd like to talk about or chat about um, and titles that we'd like to put things, in. The, things that we're not allowed to record. and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were interesting. And, and so... Currently, at the moment, for various reasons, about I, I guess it's where what my I've chosen for my inputs to be at the present time, um, and stuff that I'm reading and looking at. Um, I think it would be interesting to look forwards from here and see what will happen with the developments, futuristic stuff moving moving forwards, uh, and affecting dentistry and how it would impact on how we provide our healthcare mm-hmm. and the ethics of that. Um, because like this morning in this recording session, uh, Sean has chatted to Matt Giudici, um, who who is a, a is a finally just about going to finally a dental school. Well, if you were a finally a dental school, you know you, you're looking down the barrel of now, like fifty years of work. 40, yeah, 50. I mean, uh, well, yeah, depending on how far the GC let you go. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Let's not talk about that. Uh, but yeah, I think. Are yeah, they liable so you, to? Uh, well, no. Let's let's do talk about that because that's a future thing. Yeah, I suppose it is. I think. Well. Uh, so if you're qualifying your early 20s, you're probably going to be going on until at least your mid to late 60s now, unless you're... Oh, easy, yeah. Easy, 67, easy. I'm 42 years old and I'm pretty knackered uh-huh. at dentistry at the moment. Uh-huh. It's tiring, it's hard work. Uh-huh. I can't imagine me doing really intensive dentistry at 65. Which is a very a separate and very interesting discussion about career progression and pathways yeah, yeah. because now I am... In the in their new practice, so today is the nineteenth of July, mm. and um, so the practice, the first day of full operation, of the practice is scheduled to be sixth of January, which is incidentally my birthday. Oh, I mean, most people get a card, you get a new oh, practice. Yeah, yeah, you got to check me out. Living the dream. So my clinical schedule is due to be two days a week, yeah. uh, in the new practice, yeah. Monday, Tuesday, yeah. and and that. So I'm forty. I'll be forty eight that day mm. when we start, and that is the only way that I can see sustainability in my clinical practice yeah. beyond. 55 you know maybe you know that that sort of um you have to reduce down they don't tell you how physically demanding dentistry is at dental school do you because you're you're in your 20s and yeah you can, you can do it I, I do remember bill saunders of endodontic fame mm. who was prof with us saying to me you can't sit like that for the rest of your yep. career you know it's, it's, to- it's totally right it's totally and, right and and so so when i was thinking of talking about the future i wasn't kind of talking about no, our, like, future. Oh, our future <laughs> our but are the gdc likely to put a limit on that well, um, well, here it is. This is this is so. How futuristic do you want to take this? Because my view of what I want to talk about today is the integration and the and the intersection of biotech and infotech, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how that is going to intersect with dentistry so, as a healthcare. And that is probably going to extend our practicing life, right? I would have a, it may extend our practicing yeah, yeah. life, but. If you were to extrapolate, if you were to be Matt, who was in here, and you were to be thinking, what 
is it actually going to look like 40 years from now, right? Now, it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, not, not in any way is it beyond the realms of possibility that we will have some sort of personal biosensors, right? So personal biosensors, which are linked to whatever your smartphone devices mm -hmm. at that time, mm -hmm. which are able to say to you, um, yeah, 17 cancer cells detected in your upper left lobe and dealt with. So that that, that is... People, some people listening to this might think that that is pie in the sky. It is absolutely not. And um, and, and that what that raises, of course, is extraordinary philosophical and ethical issues. Uh, completely. Right. Very complex. And and um, so we'll always be sick. Okay? Um, yeah. We are not really designed to live as long as we live now. Right. But we'll always be sick in terms of the phone's going to do that. Yeah. Bing, yeah, notification, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're sick, yes, no, you're not. Yeah, you're yeah. sick, no, you're not. And then we'll ignore that. Now, the, this, the speculation is, and, and so reference point of where this stuff has come from for me, so at the moment I'm back into Harari again. So Harari did Sapiens and then he did Homo Deus and then he did 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, which is the book I'm on at the moment, which Chris Barrow, hello Chris, uh, um, did buy for me as a present at Christmas, which is very kind because he knows it's the type of book that I would love. And so what he's saying is, you can see where a situation in 40 years' time, if you don't um, manage your biosensor data properly, your insurance company will say, we're not reinsuring you. So that's that's interesting because you've already got an issue already now with uh, the new um, Apple Watches. Uh -huh. They have a certain amount of biometric data on them that in certain countries can detect heart rhythm, uh -huh. abnormal heart rhythms, uh -huh. and can... Report that to you. Report back to you and report to um, emergency services. Uh -huh. But a lot of the time, an abnormal heart rhythm doesn't mean that you're ill. Yeah, You're not ill because of it. Yeah. It's just an abnormal heart Good. rhythm. So this is where the discussion, I wanted the discussion to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, um, and so into the discussion of infotech, biotech, biometrics. So the first thing to think about, again, referencing back to Matt, um, is so can I get through my career without paying any attention to this from now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can. Right. I will shorten my career. But if I'm going to get out in eight years' time, uh, or, or seven and a half, say 55, which I that absolutely feasibly could do, I don't need to pay any attention to that. Because I can, no. I can, I, no, I can no, go on no. right. But if my, as my stated aim was to work till I'm 85, mm -hmm. I have to pay attention to yeah. that because it's going to change everything, mm -hmm. right? And Harari, brilliant place to start your reading on that if you want it. The other one is a book called Suicide Club, which is fiction, which paints a picture of... Um, of, of what it's like for the 200 and 250 year old individuals wow. moving towards what they call in that, I think it's phase three, which is the immortality. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. So Google has invested three billion so far in its immortality um, project, three billion dollars, through a company called Caltech. So they've set up a company, a front mm -hmm. for the investment. And what they've done is they've brought into that as far as they can find the greatest minds and longevity yep. that they can find yeah, yeah. Uh, in academic academic longevity, which is a thing now. And so that is right at the sharp end of healthcare. Bang, that is the health, where healthcare is mm -hmm. going for the well healed. So contrary to our discussion about Hull. Yes. But yeah, about, right? yeah. And how to get kids not having their teeth extracted. It's the uh, the opposite end, the top end, so, the peak, peak healthcare going on for a long time. And so whereas we shouldn't, in this episode, I guess, go into the the social justice yeah, yeah. issues around that because that would yeah. become a political podcast, yeah, yeah. wouldn't it? Um, we can say we can extrapolate backwards. I think into what's it going to look like for a dentist in twenty or twenty-five years' time, 
when they have suffered or adopted or seen the integration of this biotech infotech mm. stuff into our profession. So the the immediate issues that I just sitting here listening to that is the pros and cons of constant twenty four hour screening of yourself, mm. which um, so I'm really interested in screening and this is a big shout out to margaret mccarthy mm-hmm. mccartney even who who will probably end up getting a copy of this um before it goes out so the, there are big risks in screening um because of false positive because of false negatives and because of those picking up on those things that aren't going to cause you any damage in the long term but because they've been picked up you have to treat them. It's like the apicalaria on a, an endo from a CT scan when you are trying to image okay, for the implant. So, so I, I, I get, so you're showing yourself up for being 42. <laughs> okay, here's the answer to this, right? It's the short view of history, right? So you can say that won't work because a screening won't be good enough or because of the false positives or false negatives, but they will be wiped out by machine learning. They will be wiped Now, the reason they will be wiped is because the AI doctor is on the network, okay? So the difference between the AI doctor, the artificial intelligence doctor within the machine, and the Sean Sellers doctor is that the AI doctor is networked, right? So you might be the best doctor in the world, Mm -hmm. and you would be better than the machine. But if you're less than that, you're not better than the machine. If you're below average... You're not better. So right? we've, we've already got that situation where in, I think in mammograms, computers are better at picking out yeah, cancerous right? cells than, now, than people. What happens is the AI doctor will make mistakes, but he's on the they network. learn. So it's an immediate, it's a big immediate issue, maybe not in so 20, 30, 40 years. This is, get ready for the punchline, folks, because yeah. this is going to blow your nut. And anybody who's read 21 lessons will have already done this. So... One of the greatest intellectual achievements of humans was was thought to be chess, okay? So it was the pinnacle of almost mathematical and tactical understanding. And um, and I can't remember the time scales on this, but Big Blue by IBM yeah, yeah. Beat, beat Kasparov. In right? 70s, 80s. 80s, I think yeah. it was, right? And that was a big watershed mm. moment, right? Because a computer beat a grandmaster. Now, things have moved on since then, okay? So there is now a World Computer Chess Championship. Right, And what the computers have is they have hundreds and hundreds of years of learning Mm -hmm. of humans playing chess and they have all the experience of the computers playing against each other. Right, But two years ago, a group of computer scientists decided to build a machine with artificial intelligence, with machine learning to teach it how to play chess. And they didn't give it any human input and they said, teach yourself to play chess, here are the rules. So that machine was able to play against itself, right, and learn how to play. And then they put it up against the World Computer Chess Championship Mm -hmm. computer. And the machine learning machine in 100 matches won 28 and they drew 72. So the World Computer Chess never won a game, right? How long did it take that machine to learn to play chess? No idea. Four hours. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, yes, we can say, well, they won't be able to pick up any yeah, area, yeah. but they're on the network. So as 100,000 AI dentists look at these things and then learn and reference mm-hmm, back, mm-hmm. 
So they learn. So first of all, the lowest common denominator, you remember the Dr. Joe average is always yeah, yeah, the low yeah, average yeah, yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the best, you can still be the best dentist in the world, right, for diagnostics, and you'll still, to start with, be better than the AI mm-hmm. dentist. But that but will I've, just go ting, 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 and it will not take long, right? Now, sorry, I've thought about this. This is why I watched yeah, this podcast. Yeah. So you're going to say to me, we're going to, we're going to reference Babylon Health, right? Yeah, Babylon Health in London. We, we talked about that. Right, last night. Yeah. So Babylon Health, I've set up GP access stuff through AI mm-hmm. and machine learning and computer-based GP access in London because you can't get a GP in London. And it's been fraught with difficulties. It's been problem. fraught with difficulties. People giving uh, symptoms of heart attacks and being told to just yeah. sit back. and. Like, but in three years' time, it'll be better, won't it? it yes, right. definitely. And in five years' time, it'll be better. Yeah. But forget London, right? Because London's a thorny issue. If you put Babylon Health into Tanzania, where they have yeah. no, no health care, yeah. right? Yeah. Then they can roll it. Mm. And they know that, right? So they can say, is Babylon Health better than having a doctor in London? Well, no, so we've got an ethical issue yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Is Babylon Health better than having, having no, no doctor? doctor at all? Yes. yes. Right? And then the machine learns. And you imagine when Babylon Health say, our Tanzanian doctor is better than the private guy in Harley Street. Mm-hmm. And all the Harley Street guys are going, I want the AI doctor because he's better. Yeah. She's better. It's better. And so if we if we don't, broaden our view of of the time that's going to take mm. so so in 10 years time i mean, I mean i'm i'm walking about with my watch which is at home with my garmin watch right that i got for free which measures heart rate variability mm. not heart rate it measures heart rate variability it measures my biometric stress i now have 19 months of referenced stress levels but that I check every day. In 2008, I didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> that and that is a really important thing. The the speed of change is huge, and technology outstrips politics every yeah. single time yes, now. Absolutely right. Absolutely. And so, can we reference this back to dentistry because we're quite a niche product? Uh, yeah. yeah. Right? So we're quite a niche product. So a couple of weeks ago, I referenced this in a previous thing we were talking about. Um, I spoke at the Humber and uh, Yorkshire DVT day. Not all DVT schemes are the same, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's a brilliant scheme. It is brilliant. And because I went there that day, they had every DVT and every trainer, 270 in a room, big room, Ellen Road yeah. Stadium. Uh, oh, nice. they, yeah. they had they had um, exhibitors, mm-hmm. they had poster presentations yeah. and tabletop presentations oh, nice. and lectures. Wow. It was brilliant, right? And I sat there and, and I got to speak a couple of times, which was a massive privilege. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, thanks to Ian for the invite, and um, it was great, right? And and, uh, and um, but but the guy that spoke after me was a guy called Andrew Keeling, um, and his name's almost the same as my former boss's Andrew Keatley, so I will remember him. <laughs> but Andrew Keeling is a senior lecturer in digital at Leeds, mm. and he's a former computer uh, scientist. Oh right, and he so he, so here's the future coming down mm. the track. So he built a lab scanner for his lab. Uh, in, in Leeds for three grand oh. which is much much more accurate than the two lab scanners we've got downstairs oh really the kicker here at the moment is that is that is that based on the research that he's done mm. and others have done mm. and that he's very familiar with and that he's presenting is that the most accurate way to capture the information for your crown prep yep. is a silicon yep. impression by a long way yeah. the least accurate way to capture it is a CEREC machine 
pictures. So he showed pictures on the screen of things. Yeah, yeah. So what he's doing is taking a silicon, pouring it, scanning it, taking your scanner and putting them together. So on the one where he takes the silicon, it's got all the scratchy marks from your burr and yeah, it's really yeah, detailed. Yeah. And on the and it's nice and smooth, the silicon, because <laughs> it doesn't reference. Yeah, it's not quite enough it's detail, detail in it. Pixels, well, points, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so what he's saying is, if you're good at impressions, still the best way to do it is to take a silicon and get a lab to digitize it. That's the best way to yeah. do it, right? But you know that soon, it's that not, won't it's gonna be, be the different. Truth. It will it's be, be soon. It's not there yet, and right. we must be honest about you look that. At, you look at how smartphone cameras have come on in the lab every year. So every year. So what's happening with, with you know you know when Apple says when you set your phone up, are you allowed? Are you prepared to send yeah, yeah. some stuff back? Mm. That's what's happening with three shape. That's what's happening yeah. with Cedric. You send it back, it gets better. And they haven't even dropped yet machine learning into that. <laughs> so as soon as they drop machine learning into that, it'll, in four yeah. hours, yeah, it'll have done it. Right. Mm. And the other part of that, which has always fascinated me about Cedric. Now, I, I don't, please don't think I do a lot. I don't do any Cedric, conventional Cedric restorations at all. And I rarely scan in Cedric, right? But the guys here do, and a couple of the guys here do a lot. And, um, what amazes me about Cedric when I watch it, though, is and 3Shape when I watch it, is how it articulates the model. It just goes, together, ding, yeah. right. Now, if you're a technician, we're going to go back to Dr. AI because Dr. AI is yeah, the model. Yeah. He's going to go, well, it can't do it the way I can do it because I've been doing it for 30 years. And you go, well, it doesn't matter. Fuck off, yes, it can. right? Because it's referencing, at the moment, 3 million occlusal patterns. And as soon as it goes on the network and it's got machine learning, it's referencing every single occlusal pattern that everybody else is mm. doing, right? And so, do you think that any technician is going to be able to hand articulate models better than that? No, they're not. Right? No, they're not. They're not going to be able to do that. Right? I'm sorry. So, if your business is articulating models, watch out because your business is going to die. Right? And that, so on the one hand, we're going to have people who are going into schools to try to show people further down the social gradient and social demographic gradient how how to brush their teeth. And on the other hand, you've got people at the top and you're going to wave a magic wand and it's going to it's, fix everything. Yeah. It's just the, the, this, this futuristic thing is staggering. And if your business model is to make money, you're going to have to be at that end. So not only that, we are going to be doing less and less dentistry. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing certainly less and less what we now consider conventional dentistry. Surgery will be last affected. Yeah. It's diagnostic. Yeah, so so there's there's a there's an easy situation there where you're sat with a patient in front of you, loops on. Your loops are scanning the mouth, Mm -hmm. and there's a heads up display because you've already got we've already got augmented reality. Mm -hmm. That's already there. It's in its infancy, and it will be augmented reality. It won't be virtual reality. It'll be augmented augmented reality. reality. So you will look at the um, the patient. That's carers. That restoration needs replacing. You've got this. This bond is failing. This is this, this is this, this is this. Well, you'll, they'll be able to prescribe for you what needs doing. Yes, but you're, again, I'm sorry to poke you with a stick, right? But you're here and it's here. I'm putting my hand down low and then moving up high. <laughs> so as you look, every time you look, the machine learns. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? And so why do you have to look? Oh, so, yeah, so you're, you're saying that the... So you, for a while, for the first four hours, <laughs> we'll all look with our lips and then the machine will know. And the algorithm so will you be just have a, a scan without even at home plugged into your iPhone, yeah. Which will then go. You need to go and have this done. Yeah. So you can scan it. You can scan it every morning. So why wouldn't it be in your toothbrush? So your electric toothbrush will have a head that you'll put on it, and you'll and go scan, bing, and you go. 
Well done, your teeth are great. On you go. And so, and I know that there'll be people listening to this going, fuck off, that's Star Trek, blah, 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 blah. But it's moving so quickly. Yeah. So let me just give you one little insight into, into what I have seen. Um, just, and I know nothing, right? I'm, you know, I'm just trying to deal with patient complications mm-hmm. and look after people <laughs> that are having problems and all that in our day-to-day life. And when I went to Finland last year to have Plan Mecca, we planned implants in VR, Okay. So we planned yeah, implants. Yeah. It was it was it was basic, but we put a VR headset on and we and we went ding 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 and planned implants in VR. And somebody's doing that as our master's project, right? And so what I've realised now, just and just recently, is it's fine for me to do that and put it in the right place, and fine for me to put it in the right place, but the machine remembers mm. and starts yeah, to learn, yeah, yeah. right? So what's do you know what the voice you've got on Siri on your phone is? And do you know why? Because you think you've got the same voice as everybody else, but you haven't. Really. Because people, so the ladies will have a lady city voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Because it, because it, so all of a sudden it starts to pick your preferences. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's land. Mm. And um, the other thing, more importantly, is the is that it's taking the CT scans. So they've been they've been re- repeatedly CBCT scanning cadavers at Helsinki, and in, in the in the university, and teaching the machine. And so the machine is now trialing. Taking slices out. Oh, really? And then going, bang, and then scanning it again and going, was that right or wrong? <laughs> what, by what percentage? And so the dose, so the, the, just as an example, so the dose on CBCTs is going to drop way below mm-hmm. a PA. Below, below a PA? Yeah, way below a PA. Quite. So they don't even know. One of the reasons they haven't launched at Planweka is because they don't know what to call it because they've already got an ultra low dose protocol. So what's lower than ultra low dose? Super mega no, mini, be, mini, tiny dose. Like a nano dose. Yeah. Right. And so um, so that has happened. I got my first CT scanner 10 years mm, ago. Mm. In 10 years, it is out of sight. We're going to be, I, we will have reduced our dosage in CBCT from that scanner to a hundredth of its dose. There's no way now that any 10-year-old technology is remotely up to date. No. No. So how is that going to affect the practice owner? Uh, because you're either at the cutting edge, yeah. providing it for the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but even if you're at the cutting edge, you get a new piece of material, a new, new piece of tech in, it's out of date in six months. Uh, but only, that model is a self-limiting model because they can only continue to develop the tech if they continue to sell it. So it will stabilise that because they'll only make new CEREC machines if people keep buying CEREC yeah. machines. And, and so there's a self-limiting model there. So that's... That's a business issue, isn't it? That's like the coffee van, right? At yeah, the, yeah, at, yeah. At the, uh, at the, comes to our courses at, at the at the carriage hall, and you know that yeah, model, yeah, don't yeah. you? Because they they turn up the first thing in the morning, they do brilliant coffee. You will go to them and say, "Can I have an espresso?" And they go, "Do you want a quadruple?" And you go, "Oh, oh yes, yeah. free!" <laughs> and you have two quadruple espressos. You go, "I'm never drinking coffee again." And they go, "Do you want a fruit tea?" And it's much cheaper. Yeah. And they they make out like oh, a yeah, bandit, yeah, right? Nice. And so they can push as much new technology onto the market as they want, yeah. um, but people have to buy it. But that's why they race now because. Because they want to be Amazon, right? And so they want that. There's a massive technological battle in the infotech world mm. to be the last man standing. Because once you're the last man standing, you're the only provider. You can do what you want. So they want to yeah. be. You know, this is the battle between Nike and Adidas. Whichever one of those wins will be the but, only people yeah. that make shoes yeah, in the yeah. world. But right? and a lot of it's all with all the cloud tech that's there now. You've got Amazon. You've got Microsoft. There's only a, a few really big players. Well, you know the online they are huge, but they the online the online shopping market is a battle between Amazon and um, oh yes they won yeah exactly oh yeah completely and and the battle between high street and online is <laughs> have you seen the groceries on Amazon yet yeah yeah so, Amazon so, pantry 
crazy. Crazy, right? So, so, so if you the the risk is, isn't it, that you've got your head down, um, and and you know. The powers, that sounds like a conspiracy podcast. It's not supposed to, <laughs> but the powers will be, will keep feeding your box sets. Yeah. They'll keep feeding your box sets so you don't pay attention. Yeah, right? yeah. So you, so you'll go, they'll keep feeding your box sets and emails from Domino's. And then you can go, oh, great. I've had a really hard day doing conventional let's dentistry. Have, let's have pizza. Let's have pizza in a box set and get up tomorrow morning and do the same. And in the background, what's happening is that Terminator 2 is happening. And it's always been that if you're doing the same thing, you're falling behind. Mm-hmm. But, if you're going to have this advance in technology that's increasingly exponentially rapid, doing the same thing is going to be falling behind at an exponential rate. So technology outstrips politics. And when I say politics, I mean regulation. Yeah. I mean evidence. Mm. I mean all of that. And so so I'm trying to tie this up because I did tie it up in my mind. Um, so the Andrew Keeling lecture. So we're being sold intraoral scanning machines mm. on the basis of the other distance. All great, right? And we we use them and we've advocated and all of that stuff. But they're not as good as silicon. And there's evidence for that. But the companies are not telling you that. No. So you're still buying them. This is not a discussion about the efficacy of digital dentistry. And we wouldn't have moved forwards on that if we didn't think it was efficacious. But you must have sources of honest information. You must not take your view from the commercial companies. You must not take your yeah, view absolutely. from the guy on Facebook who's trying to be famous. You must have a <laughs> trusted source of people who are saying, yes, this works, but here are the disadvantages. The other thing is if you're going to have this, um, if you're going to be somewhere down the line, you've got to have the start of that line. So if you're not using the digital dentistry, if you're not using the scanning system now, it's going to take a bit longer for that, for that, technology to feed down to so it's accessible to everyone yeah one of the big questions we get is if we've missed the boat just absolutely haven't missed the boat doesn't matter when you started or how you start but i've got schematics that show you how to use a full digital workflow for your patients in your practice without having any digital equipment you don't need any digital equipment to use a digital workflow and that's the big myth that companies don't tell you you want to do a you know, you want to do you want to do digital, you want to do seric restorations. You can do them conventionally. That's no problem. You want to do um, guided surgery. You don't need any of the equipment. You just you, you just you use a, somebody else's CT scanner. Yeah. Somebody else's yeah, intraoral yeah, yeah. scanner in a lab. You don't need any of that. You can work in a in a beautiful practice in a lovely village in let's say Suffolk, right? And um, for one of a bit, where is Suffolk anyway? And and. Um, and you can work for your patients and say, we don't have the tech because it continues yep. to break. We outsource it. We spend the money on someone else. People will buy that model. You don't have to have it, right? But there's this You've got m- to have the access to it. You have to have the access to it, right? But there's an argument to say, you know, we don't mill metal because Createch in Spain have 30-ton milling machines, yeah. which are as big as this practice. So we couldn't mill metal right. like that, right? right. And so so there's, there's, there's arguments there's- to say that the milling and bigger milling machines is much better than chair-side milling. There's an economies of scale. Yeah, thing. massive, yeah, yeah, yeah. massive. Huge. And and economies of intellectual property and expertise. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. At least yeah, as yeah. much. So, so if you're using your setting machine twice a week and your lab guy's yeah, using it twice yeah, yeah. an hour. Well, it's like, you know, labs now, dental labs now, how many dental labs make a chrome? Yeah. No one makes chrome. They get milled. They get, they get, they get shipped out. Mm-hmm. They're milled. They get yeah. shipped out. Yeah, they get milled out. And, 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 you know, they're not even cast anymore. They no. milled out of chrome no. blocks. And then you're going to get um, new material with new materials coming in on peak and, and all this kind of thing. Which doesn't work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's another side. But I guess part of it comes back to you know what we're, t- we're talking about being 
uh, paying forwards and being guardians of the profession and leaving in a better position than it was when we when we started and trying to pass on the mantle to the guys that come up like Matt. Um, so we have to think a little bit like them and think a little bit like what's it going to be like. And and dentistry, you know, we're past the stage, aren't we, thinking that dentistry is different to anything else? It's no, just just, different. This is not different. It's just, it's unique, but it's not different. No, it's not, it, the same things to do with infotech and biotech will yeah. affect dentistry. So they, you know, they're already trying to sell us biological markers for testing whether patients are at high risk of peri-implant disease or not. Okay, that's fine. Sorry, that's, that's, um, they just kicked you under the table. <laughs> the um, Strymon are on that, trying to sell that, right? They want to sell that. It's an interesting business model because if I get a lot of people that aren't suitable, they're not going to have implants. Yeah, yeah. Could just cannibalize myself. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, they're onto the caries detection. Strymon are onto that. They're onto the biological marker stuff. So already it's rolling out, right? Um, and, you know, you, you have to be um, very savvy and very aware and alert to try and pick up which lines you should go down, which lines you shouldn't, yeah. and have a group of people and lines of information that you can trust to take this. And that is the risk with immature technology uh-huh. is that you pick pick the ozone machine. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you pick up the the technology that you, you think is going to be the winner and it doesn't work, Yeah, but you've invested so much into Beta it. Betamax versus VHS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Age-appropriate audiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly yeah. It's Blu-ray, DVD. Yeah. It's... The, it's, it's it's that battle, right? And uh, and we're in this, we're in the position of that. And so you have to be careful not to let the companies stroke your cat and big you up and boost your ego and say you should be doing this because it's great. So, so, so then tying it back in with ethics, right? ethics and philosophy. And so the 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 ultimate thing is, um, is it clinically proven to be better than what I'm using, or is it clinically proven to be cheaper? Because if they're coming at you with a bit of kit, you have to see you're going to have to show me that it works, yeah. right? Because otherwise. I risk that Margaret McCartney story of giving steroids to every head injury yes, and yeah, actually yeah, killing people, yeah. right? Uh, and, and dentistry doesn't usually do that. It doesn't usually kill people. But we are still in a position where we can make people worse off rather than better mm. off. And, and, and harnessing this stuff and knowing where to go with it, it's, it's, really, it's really important to, uh, to be honest and make sure that what you're doing is actually for the benefit of the people you're supposed to be serving. it for our first episode of 2020. We know this one's been delayed for a while. It turns out building a new surgery and trying to finish a master's doesn't give you much time for podcasting. Who knew? But we'll be back more regularly this year with our usual mix of hearty comment from Colin and self-indulgent dribble from me. If you want to get in touch with us, email us on info at incisivedecisive.com. We're on Twitter at IncisivePod and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash IncisiveDecisive. If you happen to like what we're doing, then spread the word or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. As always, our intro music is provided courtesy of the wonderful Gallops. Hear more at gallopsgallops.com. Until next time, that was Incisive Decisive. <laughs>